this is Dr. Leslie, Quick Health Concepts. This is my third podcast, and I want to thank you for joining me today. Greatly appreciate you taking the time to listen. So I was, uh, I planned my, the day of the podcast, and I was trying to rack my brain thinking, what am I going to talk about this time? What is something that's really interesting to me and hopefully the listener? Um, you, so as I'm racking my brain, you know, I don't know why I bothered to rack my brain about it because all I have to do is go to work. So I went to work the following morning and I swear about four people just in that day alone came in and I'm like, how are you doing today? And one of the first things they'll say to me is, said to me is my sciatica is acting up or my sciatic is acting up. So whenever I hear that, um, I take a little step back and I will always ask them if I have not diagnosed them myself. One of the first questions I will ask them is, have you been diagnosed with sciatica? And probably about 80% of the time they'll say no. So that gave me the idea. I said, let's talk about sciatica um, because a lot of times people will self-diagnose themselves with this. And I think it deserves some time to discuss what it really is and a little bit more about, you know, what are the issues that people will have when they do self-diagnose. So let's talk about that. So what is sciatica? Sciatica is, in my, what I find is, I consider it to become, have become a Band-Aid type term in my office, second only to migraines. And when I say a Band-Aid term, I'm talking about something that, like I said, people will just assume will any pain in the leg become sciatic pain? Um, and sometimes they're right, and many times they're wrong. So um, let's talk a little bit more. We'll go into discussion about kind of what it is, um, what causes it, some of the misconceptions, what you should do about it, etc. So sciatica is a term, um, is basically a symptom, okay? It is a symptom of pain that is in the leg, pain in the low back and the hip. And like I said, it's a Band-Aid term because there's lots of different causes of pain in the back, hip, and legs, and they're not all due to sciatic-type pain. Sciatica is any type of inflammation, I shouldn't say inflammation, but compression, injury, irritation to the sciatic nerve. The sciatic nerve is the largest nerve in the body. Okay, that nerve stems from the nerves from the spine that come out of the spine and they come together. These nerves are of the lowest part of the back, most specifically the fourth lumbar nerve to about as to the second sacral lumbar, um, second sacral nerve. These nerves come out of the spine. As they come out of the spine, they converge together to create the sciatic nerve. And this happens around in the pelvis. And the reason that this does this is so that these nerves come together so that it can easily go through the pelvis and then go into the leg. And then eventually, as it goes down the leg to, so, to supply the skin the, and the tissues of the leg and the foot, um, it'll eventually then disperse into two and then other nerves to help supply those areas. So as these nerves come out, now we're talking a great deal of area. You're talking the low back, the pelvis, buttocks, leg area. There's lots of areas that this irritation can come from. 
So not all pain down the back of the leg and the low back and the buttocks is sciatic is sciatica pain. So that's something to think about, okay? Sciatic is a nerve pain and it'll have a kind of a distinct it can it can vary in its in its frequency, it can vary in its um, distribution, but it will be a nerve type pain. So that's something to think about when you're talking about what you think is sciatica with your healthcare professional. So some causes of sciatica are, some of the more common causes of sciatica are, in my office I see herniated discs, and the herniated disc is in a case where the spongy discs between the bones bulge out and can press on the nerves as it comes out of the spine. Picture being on 93 and you're coming out of Boston, let's say you're going down 93 and you're going to take your exit and all of a sudden a tree falls in your exit and you can't get to get out of the exit. That's kind of what happens when a disc herniates. The discs are these, these sponges between the bones and sometimes either due to injury or compressive forces placed upon them, they will actually just kind of bulge out of the confines where they're supposed to and then they can easily compress on the nerves as they exit. And if it herniates into any of these specific areas that create the, these nerves that create the sciatic nerve, then you will have this sciatic type pain. Another common area, um, another common cause of sciatica is degenerative disc disease. And again, that's something I very commonly see in my office. And again, what it is caused by is the discs, what I just talked about, that can herniate. As we age, um, these discs that were once filled with water start to desiccate and they lose their water content and it'll compress the discs. So when you see older people that have lost an inch or two in height, it's most often due to these discs that have degenerated over time. And it will happen throughout the spine, but because the lumbar discs especially are the most spongy and the most bulbous of all the discs, that's where you'll really tend to lose the space and the height is really in the lumbar area. And that's one of the other causes. As these discs compress and degenerate over time, the bones that are that are above and below these discs will compress as well. And it actually what that does is it lessens the area that the nerve has to exit. And that's another area that can compress that will create these sciatic symptoms. Another area common cause is what's called spondylolisthesis. There are different types of spondylolisthesis. We won't delve into that, but what a spondylolisthesis is, is where the bones actually, one will move either in front of or behind a bone either on top or below it. And that's spondylolisthesis. And what that will do as well, again, cause a decrease in the area for the nerves to exit. And that will compress and can cause some sciatic symptoms. So those are some of the most common types. Oh, another one also, I don't, don't want to forget this, is spinal stenosis. Spinal stenosis most often, I believe, is caused from degenerative changes within the bones of the spine. There are other causes of spinal stenosis, but spinal stenosis occurs when the actual spinal canal, and the spinal canal is where the spinal cord goes through, okay, the spinal canal gets impinged upon. So that's another common area that you'll get um, sciatic symptoms. Now, remember what I just said. Some things cause sciatic pain. Some things are not sciatica. And this is where it gets a little more important because you obviously have to figure out if you think you have sciatic symptoms, 
going to Google and just looking it up will not give you all the information I get. Sometimes web browsing is, is a dangerous thing because you can have people that think will automatically jump to some sort of conclusion and self-diagnose, and you really should not do that. There are some things that can help kind of lead you in the way of where maybe you should, who you should talk to, but anytime you have these types of symptoms, you really should have a specialist look at that. Now, some things that mimic sciatic pain, but and they have a similar effect, but they're not specifically sciatic pain. Again, some of the more less invasive things that I see in my office quite often are joint problems. Joint pain can refer into the legs, especially in the sacroiliac joints, or SI for short. Those joints, either due to too much movement or arthritic problems and or less movement or what we call subluxations, sacroiliac pain can refer into the legs. Facet joints, or what we call facet syndrome, those refer into the legs. Facets are different parts um, different parts of the bone of the vertebra or the, bone, the spinal bones. And when they are irritated and compressed, they can also cause pain into the legs. Some other types of issues that cause pain in the legs, um, IT band syndrome for runners cause pain that refers down the legs. That'll be more down the side of the leg. Um, but that's typically more with runners. But I do see people who walk um, a bit who may not have a lot of exercise in their, you know, not be conditioned can get this as well. Piriformis syndrome. Piriformis is a muscle of the hip. That muscle runs along from the bottom, the base of the spine of the sacrum over to the hip. And what it does is it rotates the hip. That muscle actually, the, the, um, that muscle actually goes over the sciatic nerve has to go through the piriformis. If the piriformis is irritated, it can compress on the sciatic nerve and cause true sciatic symptoms. But more often, the piriformis itself can actually just, one of the trigger points in the piriformis can also refer to the leg. So it, again, it could be tricky because you don't know if it's just the piriformis trigger point or if it's actually pressing upon the sciatic nerve. More often than not, it's just the trigger point. Another area, um, that can cause, that I get this a lot as well, is a trigger point within the gluteus minimus. The gluteus minimus is another hip muscle, and it's the smallest of the gluteus muscles. You have the gluteus max, gluteus medius, and gluteus minimus. Even though it's the smallest of the hip muscles, of the gluteus muscles, it causes the biggest impact. And when I say biggest impact as far as pain goes, because it has the most referral pain, and that pain can go into the buttocks, go down the back of the leg, you can feel it in the calf, down the side of the, the um, lower leg. So it's a smaller muscle, but it has a big, uh, big punch. So that's another area. These are less invasive areas that people can confuse with sciatica. And then, of course, there's some more invasive ones that are really can be dangerous that you really need to be um, treated right away um, and not conservatively, and those are spinal tumors. Okay, spinal, infect, um, spinal infections, cauda equina syndrome. Cauda equina syndrome is a syndrome that occurs from, it is a nerve compression syndrome, but it is the nerves at the lowest level of the lumbar sacral area, and those can cause incontinence and paralysis if not treated correctly. So that something like that, if you're finding that 
you think you might have sciatic symptoms, but you have incontinence and you're having, you know, you're having issues going to the bathroom, that's something you really want to be seen right away because that could be something more insidious and more serious in nature that is not something that I can treat um, conservatively or another conservative healthcare professional can treat. You really need surgery for that. So the more insidious ones are the spinal tumors, the cauda equina, um, peripheral vascular disease. So again, lots of things that can make you think you just have sciatic symptoms and they might mimic that, but they could be, it could be muscular, it could be nerve, it could be more insidious, it could be vascular. So that's why you really need to just you know, do your homework and make sure you're seeing the right person. Okay, so you think you have sciatica. There are a couple things you can do to try to tell if you have sciatica. Um, there are certain things that, um, you know, again, like I said, you could, if you know the muscular system well, you could push into certain muscul mu muscles to see if it, if that exacerbates your symptoms. And if it does, then you likely don't have true nerve sciatica pain. Um, but in a case like that, I love reading these when I when I was reading some blogs, some orthopedic blogs, and you know when they say that most people don't know what muscles to push. So unless you know the muscle system pretty well, um, you might you know you can just push around and see if that helps. If it if you're finding that you do push into muscles and it um, and it increases your discomfort then again, most likely the pain is muscular in nature and not nerve-oriented. Um, so that's one way. Another way is what we call the sciatic test, or we call it a straight leg raise. And what you do is you can lay on your back and do a hamstring stretch or where something where you're, you take your leg that's the affected leg, you straighten it and bring it up, okay, and you flex it as if you're stretching your hamstring. If you have sudden pain as you're bringing that up, within about 45 degrees, then you might have a disc irritation, some sciatic symptoms, some nerve compression somewhere along that sciatic distribution. Um, something else is, are you finding you have to go to the bathroom more often? Or are you having pain with bowel movements? There is definitely certain things that you can look at to say, okay, this is more nerve than muscular, okay? Bowel movements, if you're having problems with those, have you noticed that, okay, the leg pain is also coinciding with difficulty or pain with a bowel movement or remember what I just said if you're having incontinence issues that's something you got to deal with right away okay don't wait on that deal with that right away and go right to um, if you're having incontinence issues call your primary you know go get seen go to the emergency room okay um, so there are certain things that you can do to kind of have an idea but don't guess uh, make sure that you see if you what, what do you do in a case where you think you have sciatic pain and you're having pain in the legs, okay? If you do nothing, in most cases, okay, it will that pain will typically go away in about you know 90 days. okay It doesn't happen overnight. If you do nothing, can you do nothing and it goes the pain goes away? Yes, the pain will go away. Now thing to remember is if the pain goes away, that doesn't necessarily mean the problem, cleared up. So you still need to get to the bottom of the problem. So I never recommend just letting the pain go away. It drives me crazy when I hear that um, because that is a sign that there is a real issue, whether it's muscular or it's nerve or it's something more insidious, that there is an issue and you really want to get to the bottom of that because I guarantee that if you don't get 
to the bottom of it now, it will come up again. Okay? It's like I always tell my patients, it's kind of like a volcano. You know, sometimes it erupts. It's always there. Sometimes it erupts and sometimes it lies dormant. But it tells you that there is an issue. So I never recommend the do-nothing approach. Okay, because I just feel that that is just pain is 10% of what the problem is. And very often things are happening before you know that there's a problem. And pain is usually what gives you the idea that finally there's some problem. It doesn't, it's not that the problem just suddenly appeared. The problem was there. Okay, very often the problem was there. And just sometimes it causes pain, sometimes it doesn't. I've had people who've had major disc herniations, and we found it completely, you know, I sent somebody for an MRI for one thing, and I go, oh, my gosh, look at that disc herniation. And they have no pain. So you don't necessarily, there's a problem, and that pain, that problem could cause that person um, pain down the line. But, again, like I said, pain does not is not always the best indicator that there is you should basically, what I'm trying to get at is don't wait, okay, because pain is just 10% of the problem. So do nothing. Your pain will likely go away in about 90 days, three months' time, okay? Um, most often what I recommend is see if you think you have sciatic-type symptoms, see your chiropractor, see an orthopedist, people who deal with this all the time. Okay. If you don't know where else to turn to, go to your primary care. They can send you somewhere to a specialist like a chiropractor or an orthopedist, depending on if it's something that can be treated conservatively. Very often, I treat those and other chiropractors treat these problems very conservatively and have great results. Sometimes it's a little bit more invasive. And when I say invasive, it might be something that just can't be treated conservatively. When I get somebody who comes into my office, I go through a history, I ask them the questions, I do the orthopedic tests, and if I feel that it's something that I cannot treat conservatively, then I will either refer for more imaging or I'll just refer them right to the orthopedist specialist because I feel like they need something that I can't handle. Usually I'll send them for an MRI, say, okay, you know, I think this is something that's a little bit more than just a little bit of sciatica. Let's figure out what's going on. Sometimes we might try a conservative treatment. But if I have somebody who has a sciatic um, who's a sciatica, has sciatica due to possibly a disc herniation, I'm looking for a specific goal in mind. And if that goal is not met, then we need to go from there and try to see who else can treat that. It might be an injection you need. You know, it might be more imaging, et cetera, et cetera. So you want to start by, if you have these issues, see somebody you think that either, if you don't know who to turn to, go to your primary care because they can lead you in the right direction. If you have a chiropractor already in mind, you see your chiropractor or an orthopedist specialist because those are the people that see this stuff all the time, and then they can lead you in the right direction. So that's Dr. Leslie for today. I want to thank you again for joining me, and we'll see you next time.